Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I'm so awesome. So good to see you. Is it warm enough for you? Maybe we could bring in some heaters or something like that just to get, no, no, I don't think so. Absolutely awesome. So great to see everybody here. Huge welcome to everyone down in the overflow. Awesome to see you guys as well. And we are right uh, in the middle of our series on giving. And uh, as you heard last week, we were speaking about it starts from the heart. And today we are talking about blessed beyond your wildest dreams. And essentially, we're going to be taking some time to look at tithing. If you are visiting with us today, you wouldn't really call yourself a Christian. You don't normally come to church. Firstly, we love the fact that you're here. We want you to feel incredibly welcome. And we certainly wouldn't want you to feel pressured uh, by a message on giving. You can just sit back and relax and think to yourself, this is what all the Christians here should be doing. So you can just chill and enjoy that. Maybe you, like me, have been a giver or you've tithed for years and uh, you're thinking, oh, well, I've heard this before. Well, you know what? It's good to engage again with the truth of the Word of God and even anticipate fresh revelation. I know that myself, as I've once again engaged with this subject, it is underlined and reaffirmed some things in my own spirit. I was 19 years of age when I started tithing. I came to this church, got saved. When I came here, uh, my mum and dad thought I'd joined a cult. Um, and, uh, and when they started talking to me about tithing, I thought I'd joined a cult. So it was like, what on earth is this? I had no reference. I wasn't brought up in church, far from God. I had no frame of reference for anything about this. But you know what? Maybe it's how we were a little bit back in the day. You know, we just think, well, this is what you're supposed to do. So we'll just do it. And, uh, and I've done it over the last 34 years. So I can come to you today and teach from a place that is more experienced than just theory. Because this is stuff that we have proved down the years as a family. So right back in Leviticus uh, 27, the Bible just quite simply says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs, say belongs, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And holy in this context means consecrated and set aside for. So we understand right from the outset that a tithe belongs to the Lord. So I never pay my tithes. I can only bring God's tithe. It's a subtle but significant difference. 
I don't pay my tithes. I bring God's tithe because it never belonged to me. It always belonged to Him. And obviously, if we're going to look at this subject, well, it's obvious if you've been perhaps around the Bible for a little while, then one would uh, visit Malachi. But uh, I want to, and we will do in just a moment, but I want you to understand a little bit of the context in which Malachi was speaking. It was the last book uh, in the Old Testament. He was a prophet and he was, point, he was speaking at a point in Jewish history that was characterised by corrupt priests, wicked practices and compromising leaders. And Malachi came as a prophet from God to challenge God's people to change. He wanted to challenge them to live in a place of relationship with God, an authentic place. In other words, this isn't just about saying the right thing or putting on a show. It's about coming from an authentic place. And as we said last week, if you were here, and if not, don't worry, it is available on podcast. But you know, the, 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 the challenge here is, is, is not just about giving money, it is about relationship. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that in just a moment. But I'm going to uh, take us to, to Malachi 3, verses 6 to 12, where the Bible says that I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines of your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And of course, in the message version, which is where I got the title from, it says, test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. So I'd remind you, intriguingly, when, when God was coming to the people, challenging them about the authenticity of their relationship, challenging them about their heart. He didn't call a worship service, didn't call a prayer meeting, didn't call a Bible study. He says, hey guys, let's talk about your income. Let's talk about what you're doing with your income because that is gonna say more to me than those things. Now, If we have time today, and unfortunately just 
you know, we, we can't go into it, but I could, you know, maybe you're going to push back to me and say, but, you know, surely tithing is to do with, um, you know, uh, the law of Moses. We're not under law anymore. We're under grace. And you'd be absolutely right to say that. However, tithing precedes the law. If you go to the book of Genesis, you will find that Abraham paid tithes to a character called Melchizedek. And uh, essentially, and you know, not dazzling with the theology, but Melchizedek was a Christophany. He was a, a, uh, a uh, pre- um, uh, presentation of, of Christ before we actually saw Christ. But that's a, that's a bigger subject for another day. But, but the fact is that, that, that Abraham paid tithes before anything was mentioned in the law. And then I can equally, if we have time, take you to the New Testament because Jesus talked about tithing in the Gospel of Matthew and I believe in in Luke. He challenged the Pharisees and says, you give a a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. You should have practised the latter without, everyone say without, without neglecting the former. So Jesus was saying, it's not, it's not about not tithing. It's just that you've got to also remember to do the other stuff as well. Now, of course, tithing is one of those words that is said a lot about church, church around church environments, but we understand that not everybody even is going to get that concept. Essentially, a tithe was 10% of income, 10% of whatever came in belong to God. So I'm just giving you a little bit of a visual image here. These apples here represent our total income. There are 10 apples in all. Now I want to remind us that if we belong to God, everything belongs to God. So even the fact that I have this provision in my life, if I have any level of income in my life, that is the blessing of God. If I've had the health, strength, skill set, whatever, the education to, to be able to produce this income, that in itself is a blessing from God. The blessing, the blessing uh, belongs, the, sorry, the, 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 the whole income, uh, it belongs to God because everything belongs to God. I give Him everything. But God doesn't ask for everything. He, he, he simply says, I want 10%. That's yours. That's mine. Simple as. And not only, not only does God say, give me a tithe. He says, I want, I want all that. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So I want to I remind us of how much we've got left. And I want to remind us of what God asked for. But it's amazing, isn't it? You say to yourself, well, that's only a small bit of that. But isn't it amazing how, you know, when we get a big bill or it's Christmas or you've got a few family birthdays one after the other, or 
you know what, man, it's holiday time. You know, I'm tired. I need a break. And the Lord understands, don't you, Lord? Hey, I mean, you and me, we're tight, right? You, 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 I mean, you just know, like, it's been a, been a rough year. It's been a t- God says, no, man, this, this is not yours. It belongs to me. And he wants us to understand that that whole of it belongs to him, not a portion of the, not, not a portion of it, not a fraction of it. You remember last week I used the illustration of how you'd feel if someone said, oh, I, I really thought you'd enjoy this cake. And then instead of giving you cake, they give you crumbs. It's like, mm, you don't feel very valued. Well, God is saying the same thing. And he said it, he said it, uh, you know, in another way in, in, in Malachi chapter one, where he's challenging the people because the people were bringing sacrifices. Uh, but, but actually, instead of bringing the, the first and the best, they were bringing blind, crippled, diseased sheep. And, 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 and the Lord challenges them. He says, when you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? It's like God saying, you know, like if you offered, if you offered somebody else or you offered your government what you're offering me, if you're only bringing me crumbs, would they accept it? I don't think so. It's like, you know, if, you've, if you uh, have cause to put some money on one side because you might think that you owe a little bit of tax and you, maybe you've got a little bit of an account and you said it, on one side and then the tax man comes for his money and says, sorry man, you need to understand. I did have it on one side and I, but we had some big bills and then the kids needed some shoes and then my wife needed a holiday and do you know there's nothing left? Do you think the tax man is gonna go, that's fine, we understand. It must be rough for you. They're gonna say, give me my money. That's what they're gonna say. And he started saying, and, and God's saying, if, if, if your own government is gonna say that to you. How much more should you be wary of, of, of what you give? Now, 10%, I, I believe, I believe that 10% is of your gross income. That is the way that I've lived. I'm just saying that's what I believe and I'll explain to you why I believe that. Because when it comes to applying for a mortgage, you know your income. And when it comes to applying for finance for your car, you know what your income is. And when it comes to getting a job, another job, you know what your income was. The only time we get confused about actually how much we earn (laughs) is when it comes to giving. It's I don't know, is it that, is it that? I don't know, I don't know. So I'm, I'm just saying... That we, 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 Jesus said, did he not? He said, give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. He said, it's like you give to your government what belongs to the government. But I'm, for me, God bless the government. I'm not putting them first on my priority list. God is first on my priority list. So I give him the first of the whole. God, God is not just saying that we 
when we, when we, when we don't bring what we should, he, he's not just saying that we're not doing something right. He's saying, you're dishonoring me. And that, so when I don't do what I've been asked to do, if I try and bring, it's like God's asked me to bring a sacrifice. If I bring a diseased animal instead of the first or the best, I, that means I know I should do something, but I'm doing it in a way that suits me rather than suits you. That doesn't honour. It actually ends up dishonouring. See, God gives us choices and I think it's really important for us to understand this right from the outset because there's no doubt that there was a sense where this was under the law. It was an expectation. But, but God, if you remember, says, test me. He says, prove me. He says, he says Look, give me a chance to prove myself to you. God gives us the choice when it comes to doing what is right with our income. Remember, he, he, the very first thing that he did to to man after uh, uh, to put it in the garden was to give him a choice. He says, "Look, you can eat from every tree in the garden, just not that one. You can eat from every tree in the garden, just not that one. That is mine. That belongs to me." God gives us a choice because it emphasises our ability to choose, our free will, that we are choosing Him. We are putting Him first. It's an opportunity to show Him that we're not just using words. We're not just singing our songs. We're not just raising our hands. We are making a choice that puts God first. And so whilst 100% we have the freedom to choose not to do that, we have to also understand that our freedom to choose to not obey that will in itself have consequences. Obedience has consequences. Disobedience has consequences. And God is saying, come on guys, trust me, test me, prove me. I want to show you that I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm trying to get blessing to you. So we give to God what is already His. The reason God asks for that is because this is symbolic of the whole. That so when I give that, I'm not, he doesn't ask for everything, but when I give that, it is symbolic of the whole. In other words, the blessing that is on that will also be on that. The same blessing. And if you think about it, that is exactly the same principle that God uses in regard to salvation. Because you see, Jesus, the Bible says, died and rose again. We know he went to send it to heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father in, in heaven. But in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, 
But, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. The one represents the whole. So the blessing that is on Jesus is also on us because the one represents the whole. The blessing that is on that is on that. The blessing that is on Jesus is on us. Turn to someone and say the blessings on the whole. Because that is holy and acceptable, because Jesus is holy and acceptable, we are holy and acceptable and so is the rest of us. It is declared so by the Lord. See, this isn't just about stuff. It's not about apples and it's not about money alone. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. It, it says something. It says something. When I, when I do what I should do, when I bring what I should bring, when I give what I should give, it, it, it says something about the kind of relationship we have. Because essentially, when I bring of, of my money, I'm not just bringing money, I'm actually bringing a portion of my life. Because every single one of us have had to give a portion of our lives to earn the money. Right? I've given my life. I'm not going to get that back. So in exchange for my skill set, but also in exchange for my life, money is given to me. And as a portion of that, I am bringing that to the Lord. So when I bring the whole tithe, I receive the whole blessing. I come under the covering. We'll talk a, bit, a little bit about this in a moment, but we come under the, the covering. Thank you, Tando, a nice heart church umbrella. You see, this, <laughs> this represents the covering. When I give to God what is His, it brings under the covering of blessing the the whole tithe brings me the whole under the under the whole blessing of God. Now. That means that it doesn't mean that adverse circumstances don't happen. It doesn't mean that it doesn't rain. It doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen. It just means that I'm protected in a way that I otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be protected. It's, it's like that, that which is mine, that which is in my life is protected in a way that it otherwise wouldn't be because I've been obedient to God. If I choose, if I opt out and choose not to do that, it, it doesn't mean that I lose all blessing in my life. It just means that everything that uh, I have is exposed and vulnerable. And the Bible actually says that be, because you've removed yourself from the covering of the blessing, you're either blessed or you're cursed. And, and that means, what does curse look like? Well, curse looks like that means that the money doesn't go as far as we thought it was going to. It didn't, doesn't do what we thought it was going to do. It doesn't achieve or accomplish what we thought it was going to accomplish. Whereas under the covering of the blessing, I'm actually surprised how well it does. I'm actually surprised at what comes from it. Thank you, Tando. 
See, that's why, the reason I say it's about relationship is because that's why God says, I want a cheerful giver. I'm, I'm not taxing you. This is not a tax on you. This is not because I'm desperate. This is, but this is a spiritual transaction. It's, it's something that, that will cause your life to go to the next level. Now, of course, we, we so often say, in fact, Lawrence said it today, that as part of our worship, we give. And, 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 and that is true. It's an act of worship. You, some of you might remember uh, when the uh, three uh, wise men, the Magi, came to, to uh, Jesus and they found the baby Jesus. And the Bible says they bowed down and they worshipped him and then after they worshipped him what does it say there in Matthew 2 they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold of frankincense and of myrrh so as as part of their worship they came they adored they 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 bowed down but then they also brought gifts they, they their worship was intended to cost something. Our worship must cost us something. Otherwise, it's not worship at all. God wants my obedience because He's trying to get a blessing to me. And essentially, that's why He's saying, He's saying, when you're robbing me, sure, you're robbing me of the money, but it's not about the money because I don't need money. Everything in the world belongs to me. But you're robbing me of relationship. You're robbing me of an opportunity to pour out blessing on your life, which is what I'm trying to do. He's trying to get us to understand that if you simply obey the law, you get the results. It's like, thankfully, we live our lives under the law of gravity. But we know any one of us who've ever been on a plane that there is another law that trumps the law of gravity. It means that if I obey that law, then instead of being held down, I can fly. God is saying, that's what I want you to know. Gravity will hold you down. There's stuff that will pull you down. But if you obey this law, then you will fly. You will, you will, you will, uh, the blessing will cause you to fly. I'm trying to get you to understand that if you live by this law, if you obey this law, you will see blessing released in your life in a way that you've never seen it released before. See, when I give God his rightful place, everything else falls into place. When I give God His rightful place, everything else falls into place. When I give God my tithe, it is one of the ways that I'm showing that I give God His rightful place in my life. When God is in His rightful place in my life, then that is when the blessings begin to be released. Way beyond financial blessings. Way beyond financial blessings. It's to do with security. It's to do with mental and emotional well-being. It's to do with health. It's, 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 it's to do with family welfare. The blessings are multiplied to us. God is trying to get blessing to us, but love allows choice. 
He's trying to get blessing to us, but love allows choice. That's why God invites you to test me, to prove me. He didn't just say, this saith the Lord, give me 10%. He could have said that. But he said, he said, look, maybe his, his way of saying, look, I know, I know you guys. I know this isn't going to be easy. But I want you to understand something about the way I see you. I want you to understand something about how I want to bless you. I want you to understand of what I'm trying to do in your life. And something is going to happen between us when you do what I ask you to do. And that's why he says, test me. Now, sometimes it really is a test. And maybe, maybe you're here today and you've never actually thought about what I'm talking about today. Maybe you're back where I was as a 19-year-old young man and you're thinking, what? This is crazy. I don't know. But maybe you have already taken that step and, and you know, you've already been on the road for a while. You've been given for a while. And, uh, and we, we know that, that what I'm talking about here today is not the magic bullet. Because I feel I do you a disservice if I stand up here and say, hey guys, if you do this, everything's going to be wonderful. You're never going to have any problems again. It's all going to be blessing, blessing, blessing. Hallelujah. It's like, no, it's not. So do, will you be blessed? Yes, you will. But there will be tests of faith. Because faith is required. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is not just giving us some magic potion for finance. This is not, as I say, about apples or money. It's about relationship. It is the relationship that brings the blessing into my life. I've already said to you that I have tithed individually uh, for 34 years. Uh, together with Lynette, many of those years. But I need you to also know that we've had some times of struggle. We've had some difficult times. We've had some times when we've had to branch out and believe God and trust Him, even though we've been obeying the principles. I don't know, I seem to me, you know, like when, when, you, when you're young in your faith or maybe you're just branching out in this area, it's just like you get wowed. God just acts, He moves, things just happen. You get testimonies quickly. It's like really, really awesome. But then on the journey, as we mature, it sometimes can, wow, the tests get a little more challenging. It's no longer two plus two equals four anymore. You know, it's a, we're, we're getting some serious stuff. And so I just, I wanted to just give you a little uh, indication, like some of our recent history, because I know that, you see, some people think, you know, like because you're the pastor, you don't have any challenges or any difficulties. You just, you just live with God and it's just, you just live a life of prayer and reading the Bible and just angels thing things. It's just awesome. You never have any problems at all. And of course that is true for Lawrence, but it is not true. <laughs> for me. So I'm just learning. I'm just doing my best. But I wanted to say, say something from our recent history, fairly recent history, you know, to say, look, so 
When we were in Cape Town, we, we served God in, in Cape Town for uh, 10 years, just over 10 years. And, um, and uh, running a church, we, we went through a, a season where things were really, really tough financially and really tough as a church. And during that time, we continued to give. And it's, listen, it's hard. I want you to know it's hard. I can sit here and preach and I can say, I can, I, you know, and I'll believe till kingdom come. But when you've got a mountain of bills and this has got to pay and, and you've, got, you've got a whole lot more bills than you have money and now you're putting that money over to the house of God, there's a bit of a gulp factor that comes with it. Is there any real people in the house today? It's not, it's not easy. And, and I'd love to say that I've never had one of those moments. There have been many times in my life when the total of my bills equaled my tithe. And it's like, <clears throat> and there's that pull. But then as you make the decision to honour God, God comes through for you, but not always as quickly as you would like. Right? So I'm telling you that. We were, we, so we, we went out for... A meal, we went out in, in Cape Town. There's a, there's a place called Camps Bay. Yo, it's amazing, right? You've got this beautiful beach, idyllic sea, and the sun always comes down. So about six, seven o'clock, you want to be there. And we often used to go there and watch the sun go down. And there's this restaurant called Blue's Restaurant. And uh, we, uh, you know, I wanted to bless my wife, man. So I took her to Blue's restaurant because there's this big window and you can see out across the, onto the sea and see the sun come down. It was absolutely beautiful. It was amazing. Except that my wife was crying at the table. And my wife was crying at the table because we were falling out. Have you ever tried to fall out in a restaurant? You can come to us, we'll give you some tips. It's not easy. It's not easy. It took, there's a quite a lot of talking like this. I didn't know I could do ventriloquism until I tried to fall out in a restaurant. And there were several reasons for us falling out. Um, it was, yeah, it was bad. You know, I, and, I, and I'm like, you know, like, no man, don't cry in the restaurant. <laughs> I, what you crying for? And, and we got to that stage where she was like, I'll cry if I want to, right? <laughs> See, why are you all, you're already on her side. I, why are you already on her side? You don't know my story. You don't know where I come from. You don't know. So we're having, we're having words and, uh, and, and, and we're having words because we're under a bit of financial pressure. One of the reasons was because we just paid for Beth and Jess's wedding. I'm very happy to throw them under the bus. No, they, 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 but the, the, Lord, the Lord had come through for us amazingly with that. I would want to say, you know, the Lord is never late. But He very rarely takes the opportunity to be early. And... I can tell you, we, uh, it was the night, the night before the wedding, the night before the money, we, 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 the, the wedding, we'd spent a lot of money and I felt the Spirit of God say to me to go to the, the post box, which was a weird thing because no one's delivering at that time of night. And the very night before the wedding, 
someone had put a gift uh, in anonymously that covered everything that we'd spent, which was absolutely amazing. Um, but like that, that was the night before. It's like, oh, come on, God. I mean, I'm grateful and everything, but you could have just let me know. And, but so now we're, we're in the restaurant. Uh, it's been a couple of months since the wedding and we're coming up to our 25th wedding anniversary. And it was just a really tough time for us financially. We'd spent everything we'd got. God had also provided for us, which was awesome. But my wife, not unreasonably, was saying, so what are we going to do for our silver wedding anniversary? And I'm like coughing and spluttering and like, what? <laughs> I said, babe, I don't know. You know like. And so she said to me, well, have you got anything saved towards it? Now, I may not, I may not have responded in this moment as well as I might have done. I'm just saying, I may not have responded as well as I might have done. Because I'm like, what? You know, we've just paid for the wedding. You know where we are. You know what we're going through. You know, it's like that. And, and I'm sure God was up in heaven looking down as an, oh my God, Gabriel, look at this, look at this. Have you seen these two? Oh my gosh. Do they get on your nerves or what? I've got this covered, but no, they don't trust me. They're just arguing down there, ruining a perfectly good evening where they could have just looked into each other's eyes, loved each other and trusted God, but no, they've wasted it. And I know I wasted it because I paid the bill at the end. <laughs> that time, no one came up to me and said, look, I can see you having a difficult time. We've got it covered. No, if you're gonna argue like that, you paid the bill. So... That's what, that's what happened. And the truth was that, that, that God came through for us. He, he, met, he met the need for, but you see what we, what we did in the, in the meantime, is in the meantime, in the interim, in the middle bit between the promise and the answer, you've got to keep trusting. We sing it, don't we? You know, I believe you'll move the mountains. You've done it before, you'll do it again. We can all sing it. We can all shout hallelujah. We know it's true. But what about the other bit where it, here we are again. We're believing again. We're trusting again. We're believing again. And God does come through. But you're, sometimes He takes you right to the line. And God blessed us. God opened up the door. We went away. We, 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 we travelled on a, a great train uh, journey to, to uh, Port Elizabeth. We went to a, a, safari, a three-day safari. It was absolutely awesome, incredibly memorable. God was faithful. And I believe we had opportunity during that time to not give. But we chose to keep giving and trusting God and God came through. I could keep you here all day talking about the times where God has just come through. See, God says, the reason it works is because we did the right thing and we put it in the right place. You see, He said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. You, that means that, that means that that tithe belongs to Him and it belongs in His house. What's, what? He says, so that there may be food in my house. Your tithe does not belong to missions. It doesn't belong to God TV. It doesn't belong to TBN, no matter how much they're promising you. It belongs to God and it comes into His house. 
your offerings, well, we can have a conversation about that. I'm going to be talking about offerings next week. Offerings can serve in any one of those areas, but your tithe belongs uh, to the house where you regularly attend and you're being regularly fed. And His promise to us is quite simple. If you can get to the place of faith where you say, you know what? I'll obey. I will. When you say, I will, you unlock the I wills of God. What do I mean by that? When I say, I will, God says, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven. He says, I will pour out so much blessing that you're not able to contain it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. What does that mean? That means that that God is going to pour out a blessing, uh, throw open the floodgates of heaven where the floodgates were holding back the blessing. Now they're not going to hold back the blessing. I can tell you, you know, I'm first generation Christian. I can tell you, obeying this principle in my life, and many of you know what I'm talking about. I live in a better way than any of my forefathers have lived because I've obeyed the blessing of God. Some of you know what I mean. He says, he says, I will pour out so much blessing you cannot contain it. You know, we had a challenge of faith back in South Africa. We couldn't get credit. We, we charged international fees for air and studies and we ended up with a thousand pound shortfall in the fees. And I didn't know where I was going to get it from. I didn't know how I was going to find it. And you know, I was just working hard at this little church and I was working with a Windows Movie Maker to do the church news. Struggle was real. Yes, I was on Windows Movie Maker. And we were there, I was there producing church news. Someone came to church, saw the church news and said, oh, who did that? I said, oh, actually I did it. They said, oh, could you do something for me? I need something doing for my company. And I said, sure, I, I can do something. What do you want? And we had knocked something up. And he said, oh, I don't want you to do it for nothing though because I've got a budget for it. Uh, I, I want you to just put something together. So here's me with my Windows Movie Maker putting it together uh, a, a video for this company. And you know what the fee was? £1,000. Covered my son's fees for the year. And that is the kind of opportunity that God gives you. And that's it. You see, sometimes you'll have an envelope through the door, but then sometimes God will give you an opportunity to work. You've got to do something for it. The blessing, sometimes the blessing will get dropped through your door and sometimes the blessing is you getting your sleeves rolled up and actually doing something for yourself and He'll give you the opportunity to do it. He says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crop. In other words, there are some things that should have happened that didn't happen. Some things that should have attacked that didn't attack. Some things that should have deteriorated that didn't deteriorate. Some things that should have been been destroyed and wasn't destroyed. God is is saying, your vines will not cast their fruit. What does that mean? I haven't got any vines. What does that mean? Well, what, what that means is that I will prevent things from failing that should have succeeded. I'll prevent you from expecting much, but receiving little. When I give to God, the whole is blessed. When I give to Him what is His, then this will go far further. What am I saying? The 90% will do much more than the 100% ever would have done. The 90% 90 that's blessed 
will go far further than the 100% that isn't blessed. And I, I make sure that that 90% is blessed by giving to God what is already His. I bring my tithe. And He says, that's blessed. And therefore, the rest is blessed. I'm going to press pause. We'll carry on next week. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.